0: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. Digitx.ca on Oilers Radio
1: 630 Jed.
0: It's 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer working from the home office. Brennan Escott back at the 630 Jed Studios. Hope you're doing well. Stay safe, everybody, and stay positive. Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years, and now Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. As promised, uh, we're going to take a trip down memory lane. We go back into our uh, Champions Week format by a man who co-authored a book called Champions, a uh, longtime Edmonton owner, six times. Stanley Cup champion, seven-time All-Star, Kevin Lowe. Hello, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good. We just had Berkey on the show, and okay. he's just texted me to say, please pass along a, a hello to uh, uh, Kevin uh, for me. I tried to get Berk uh, to uh, give us the inside scoop on the Hall of Fame stuff, and he went uh, very silent very quickly. So he shut me down, and I tried. I tried to pry that window open. But uh, anyhow, it's. Uh, I, I know for a while you and Brian had, had a bit of a, a battle going, but obviously a number of years ago you guys patched things up, and uh, it's amazing. Amazing how, uh, uh, you know, time, time at times can heal all wounds, can it, Kevin?
1: Yeah, no question. Yeah, yeah. No, we're all, we're back in the good books.
0: Yeah. Hey, uh, on the day that you guys won, and this is the, between March 24th and March 31st, uh, or sorry, May uh, 24th and May 31st, four of the Oilers' five Stanley Cup championships uh, took place in terms of taking a trip down memory lane. And we'll get to some of those. But I put a tweet out. On May 19th, when you won the uh, first cup uh, against uh, the New York Islanders, and Sandy Nesbitt, uh tweeted me back, to, uh, who used to run overtime, brother, in Taproom, and said, Stoff, I think the boys ended up at Jesters that night, and Mark Missy may have left at ten o'clock in the morning, which is thoroughly impressive that a guy could run. Uh, uh, go... When you when you think back of it, do you, you kind of chuckle a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, some of the some of the legendary experiences you had celebrating the Stanley Cup championship with the fans in town?" There's still a lot of them
1: firmly firmly ingrained a lot of them have been erased uh, for obvious reasons yeah um, but uh but certainly a guy like sandy nesbitt uh who's been a big uh well been a friend and and uh very active in the restaurant and bar scene in Edmonton for many a decades would he would have one of the better recollections yeah and uh yeah, I do recall going to jester's uh place downtown and uh amongst other places but the uh yeah it, you know it was a different era i think i think uh, i know when mark and i showed up uh at the bruin inn in st albert one afternoon uh, there was i think just the barkeep there and it took a couple hours before the place filled up uh of course nowadays you show up with the stanley cup it'd be filling filled probably in 5 or 10 minutes because of uh social, social media. media but um, yeah so we're we're able to have a lot of fun with the cup not that they don't nowadays, but it seems to be a little more scripted and uh, a little less uh, just, you know, things uh, rolling out naturally.
0: On uh, on this date in 1985, Paul Coffey, the underrated Charlie Huddy, uh, each had a goal and two assists. Wayne scored twice. You guys uh, rallied from 3-1 down to beat Philly 5-3. And that was in game four of the series. Of course, you won in game five. Um Eight three to the final score, and that was uh, on May the thirtieth. So I guess that's on Saturday. Uh, you, you won that first cup against the Islanders. The game, the series against Philly, Kevin. That was a, that was a closer series than maybe four to one. Sort of the first four games were not blowouts, and then you smoked them in game five. Is there something specific you remember, remember about that matchup against the Flyers at that time?
1: Well, I think the. Um... I mean, the Flyers were pretty young, sort of uh, had the, you know, not that anybody's just happy to be there, but uh, uh, unlike the the two previous series against a seasoned Islanders team where we lost in 83 and then winning in 84, this this was our third cup appearance. Uh, We are still relatively young ourselves, but uh, when I say young, the Flyers were young, and they, they were just pretty inexperienced. We had, you know, our team was... Rolling on all cylinders, and um, I just uh, you know beating the Flyers um, in, in sorry beating the Islanders rather in '84 was a little more difficult. Yeah, uh, but I think we had we we definitely had series in '85 prior to the Flyers that were 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 a harder series.
0: Chicago in six as an example. I mean that series was tied two two at one point, May 31st. 87. Kevin, one of the fave, my favorite days of my entire life. I loved it. I was in Clearwater, BC, watching. I know we've shared some stories on that day and night. Uh, for one of the, one of the moments for me, of course, you guys, uh, Steve Smith, and we're, I think we might have Steve on the show tomorrow. Uh, Steve banked one in off year. we had Grant on the show on, uh, Tuesday. Uh, but I just remember, you, uh, you guys, Wayne, giving the Stanley Cup championship to Steve Smith. And it was to me such an illustration of what your team was about. You know what I mean? Like it was redemption for Steve, and the sheer unadulterated joy on his face when he got that cup from Wayne. That was an awesome moment.
1: It it uh, it's one of the uh, one of the great moments for sure. And you know, to be honest, there there hadn't been much discussion about it um, because. Um, for whatever reason, you know, I think I think Steve had parked that as a distant memory. You know, his career had gone on and got, you know, even got better. I and mean, I said recently in 1990, he was a a beast on defense in that Boston series. But yep. but uh, he had established himself, paid his dues, and uh, but you know, so fitting, of course, for Wayne to hand it to him. But also, that's Wayne to a T. You know, always thinking ahead, thinking, you know, I mean, most guys would go to the rink that night just hoping they'd win the hockey game, not really planning ahead, but, you know, Wayne would go, you know, he's always thinking. okay, if we win, what do we got to do, and and um, and handing the cup to Steve was, was pretty memorable.
0: Uh, you guys were up 3-1 in that series. I maintain the 87 team was your best team. You just ran up against the best goaltender. Ron Hextall ended up winning the con smite. Now, in fairness to Flyers, they rallied from three two-goal deficits in that series to win games. But to me, Hetstall played part of it because you guys had chances in all those games to put them away, and he kept on letting them hang around. Was there any nervousness uh, going into Game 7, coming back to Edmonton, knowing that the Flyers had rallied from the 3-1 deficit to tie it?
1: Yeah, I mean, when you when you put yourself in that position, we all know anything can happen. It's a one-game affair. I mean, we were down one nothing early in Game 7, and I think we had a penalty to kill off. We could have gone easily; could have gone down two nothing. And who knows? Uh, it was such a close game at the very end. But you're right. Uh, I remember particularly in Game Six, where we got up two nothing, and and it, you know it could have been five nothing. It was men and boys in and, uh, in the uh, first period, I believe it was. And thinking to myself, well, the, um, this is over now. That I mean. They weren't throwing much back, and then all of a sudden they snuck one in and got another, and then the game was tied and and got a bit of a lucky one for the winner and when you get to a game seven, anything could happen, but uh you know again, I think our experience you know we sort of we knew how to pe- pe- press the uh, rinse and repeat button and and dial up a, uh, a you know a veteran uh, type of of game where you know the the key is that you got to stay attacking but you can't you know you also got to recognize that every mistake is uh, can end it all so having been there enough i think we we're you know the dressing room was full of that kind of experience
0: we're celebrating uh, the sort of a Stanley Cup uh, championship week, the anniversaries of all the others, uh, four of the five championships between May 24th to the uh, 31st. I want to go to uh, 1988, uh, and the, the, the anniversary was on the 26th uh, in 88, and that's because the lights went out on the 24th in Boston, uh, and I've asked each of the guests this so far, what was it like being in that room in 88? You're up three games, nothing in the series. You just tied to, to tie the game at 3-3. How long were you guys in the room? Uh and did you think in your wildest dreams when the when the lights initially went back that you're going to have to fly back to Edmonton to play a restarted uh game 4 right from the beginning?
1: It, no, not at all. I had no idea. Nobody knew initially. It was bizarre. And I think at it, about it now, I mean with all that's going on in the world, uh, 9/11 and, you know, um episodes in the world that everyone's uh uh, senses are a little you know a little more keener to this is odd i think we would have been a little more nervous sitting in that dressing room. i mean the building from what i understand i mean people were there was quite a bit of panic for people to try to get out of the building and you know we were fortunate we could walk right off the ice into our dressing room and all that we had some flashlights so we we were we felt safe, but uh, the longer it went, it was more like, okay, should we be exiting the rink here? Should we get out of our gear? It was it was really uh, it was a surreal experience.
0: Uh, you get back to Edmonton and they scored first. Boston did in Game Four, part two, but you blew them out like you, you 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 know. And the team ended up technically being sixteen and two in the eighty eight team. Yet I think the eighty seven team the best. Uh, a lot, you know, the fans voted the 85 team. Is the 88 team maybe overlooked because it didn't come in first in the regular season? But, I mean, you beat the number one team in the regular season, Calgary, in four straight. Uh, Montreal came in second. They got beat uh, during the East playoffs. And you beat Boston, who finished fourth, and you guys were third. So you beat the two best teams that were left in sweeps. Do you think that 88 team necessarily gets its due, or do they get overlooked at times?
1: Well, now that you brought it up. <laughs> With those stats i'd have to agree with you but no we, we we've often felt we've talked about it that the 87 team and just based on personnel not so much right. how the how it went throughout the playoffs but i think from the time ken nielsen walked into the dressing room and ray and Lane and was with the team again i uh, i think we only lost two or three games uh combined regular season in the playoffs and and really it was that you know the team had two well, really, two number one lines, and then you know Paul Coffey was still uh, was still around know. in '87 on the back end. And then you had Ruzzelain, and then, you know the, the team had everything, uh, and it was it was really it was the last year of having all the Hall of Famers on the same team. So um, that that's the team we feel is the best, but '88 was 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 a damn good team as well.
0: Kevin, can you uh, set the record straight? I heard a story that Kent Nielsen, uh came to the Oilers, and I forget which Oilers player he said this to. He said, "I can go with center ice right now with five pucks and hit the crossbar uh, four to five times." And somebody said, "Go ahead, do it." And he went four for four and just skated off the ice. Is that a true? St- <laughs> yeah.
1: is, is that is that a true story? Well, he was the magic man, no question. I mean, his his skill level was was uh, you know was head and shoulders above. Above 99.9 percent of the guys in the National Hockey League, then and today, uh, the thing that I really ad- admired or, or found interesting with him is that he would have in his stick rack, he would have all different lengths of sticks, curves, flex, and he would just literally walk by the stick rack and grab any stick. And I always thought he was just joking around, and then and, and 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 literally he said, I said, well. Because you know, just about every other player is so uh, finicky and a fanatic about their stick—same flex, same length, same curve. You know, they they maybe adjust a little bit throughout the season if things aren't going well. But so uh, you know, in other words, they just don't want to change. Certainly not mid-season. And and he he would have a, he could go out with a short stick with a big curve or a long stick with no curve. And he said, it doesn't matter. My game doesn't change. So uh, he was a talent.
0: All right. Uh, 1990 and the anniversary of you guys winning the Cup in 1990 was on May 24th. Uh, You played five games against Boston. They scored eight goals combined in the five games. They did win game three at Edmonton. John Bice scored 10 seconds in, uh, 2-1 victory. You never gave up more than two goals in any of the five games. Uh, You mentioned Steve Smith being a horse, going up against Cam Neely. How, you didn't have Wayne, and you guys all think the world of Wayne. But what did that mean for the rest of your group to win a Stanley Cup championship without having the greatest player in the history of the game? And did you win it differently? And all you need to do is look at the defensive numbers during that series.
1: Yeah, we well, we still had a potent attack. You know, you still had Messier and Anderson and Curry. And, um... You know, by then, um, and Craig Simpson, of course. Yeah. You know, lots of guys that could score, and then, but then, of course, the, the, the kid line. You know, they were all top draft picks and become they be, started to become legitimate, um, solid NHLers. So, you know, uh, until a team wins, the, the the pieces of the team don't really get recognized uh, relative to winning without Wayne. It, it was never, it was never discussed. Uh, but no question in the backs of our minds, we're thinking, you know, as you get closer to winning, it's a, like, well, this will really validate the group of guys that, that stayed behind, behind. And then also mess had been such a great leader, you know, with Wayne and then had become the leader of the team and the guy that, you know, so I, I think and particularly the guys that've been with him for a lot of years, really really relished the idea of of mark hoisting the cup uh because he deserved that recognition that 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 wayne uh had received for all those years and rightfully so but mark deserved you know an equal amount of of appreciation for what he did for the Oilers, for the city for the organization and for his teammates that uh that that was kind of a defining moment for us as well
0: Of course, you would later win with Mark in New York. We're joined by Kevin Lowe. He co-authored the book, Champions. bit of a curveball just to close off with you, Kevin. At the 2006 trade deadline, uh, you guys had an availability at the old office, and you said to me after, Stoff, look what happened with Calgary two years ago. You just have to get in. That was when, you know, the day you guys had acquired uh, Rolison and Spacek, I believe. Uh, I thought I think you got turns from a day earlier. Uh, maybe Samsonov. I'm trying to – might have been uh, Rolison and Samsonov. Anyhow, you said anything can happen. You can just get in. It was – do you look back at the 2006 run and reflection? Uh, there's a whole new generation of Oilers fans, Kevin, that have been spawned from that run and i don't i doesn't i don't know if it makes it any easier that you didn't win game seven but your group gave it a hell of a run didn't they they
1: did yeah they did it was uh i mean it, it was a solid group of of players uh throughout the year and the le- years leading up to it but we would come up against the the dallases or the colorados or detroit that that you know they had a few more stars uh uh, for whatever reason, you know the payrolls were different My. back then, but uh, it, it always it seemed like the team was in just about every game they played, and that's usually a sign of a, of a solid team. But it was, uh, you know, it, it, it was really it was really sad for me to go down to that dress room after Game Seven, and it wasn't, you know, about myself as a manager because, you know, I'd fortunate had won cups before just to see, and thinking, man, a lot of these guys might might not ever get back there again and might not ever win a stanley cup um i mean chris pronger went on to win the next season of course but uh that that they 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 put their hearts into it and played unbelievably brought the city back to what we remember of the glory years of the 80s i mean the building was incredible and then we saw we saw signs of it in 2017 again when when the team got back in the playoffs so if this playoff format ever gets going whenever it does uh Fingers crossed that this Oiler uh, group uh, that played this season can can go a long distance and, and bring some fun back uh, to Oiler fans here in Edmonton.
0: Fair to say, just to wrap up with Kevin Lowe, uh, you know, things didn't work out with Yakupov in 2012. You, I mean, maybe that wasn't the year to win the lottery, but uh, did you win the lottery? I mean, look, we know the team won the lottery with McDavid, but... Leon Dreisaitl is the Art Ross Trophy winner, and we're going to have Leon on the show tomorrow. He might win the Hart Trophy. Fair to say, you won the lottery in 2014 as well.
1: <laughs> well, you know, credit the credit the scouting staff with uh, you know being adamant about uh, Leon, and it's you know the team had had some lean years uh, on the drafting side of things, like all organizations do. Uh, yep. But anyhow, uh, not that we take that for granted, but. To, to give some validation into the scouting staff and i know there's been some turnover but a lot of those same guys were still around there's there's peaks and valleys in in sports business sadly and you neil know, edmonton's had a run of of it for probably longer than they deserve but uh um I, you know fortunately enough we have guys like uh like connor and leon and and nuge and darnell and and you no, know, a whole bunch. Of, there's a good group of guys there. The goaltending solid. So, fingers crossed that the playoffs, uh, they, that this thing can happen, and uh, that the Oilers have a good long run because everybody, there's there's been too much, uh, not enough joy in Mudville and in recent uh, recent years. So, That's
0: looking awesome. forward to it. All right, awesome stuff, Kevin. Thank you for taking time to join us on Oilers Now. Yeah, thanks, Bob. You bet. That is Kevin Lowe, uh, still uh, with the Oilers Entertainment Group. Uh, no longer the general manager, was GM in 2006. The team went to the seventh game of the Stanley Cup Final. Had a lot of competitive teams in the years 2000 to 2006, and uh, six-time Stanley Cup champion. This Stan Oilers' history. Uh, going back to 1985, Brendan S. Scott, what do you got? Yes, sir, Wayne Gretzky scored twice. Paul Coffey and Charlie Huddy each with a goal and two assists to lead the Oilers to a 5-3 win over the visiting Philadelphia Flyers at Northlands. Gave them a 3-1 series lead in the Stanley Cup final. Tonight, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins takes place from 7 till 8 p.m. Uh, I know he'll have some comments from Connor McDavid and Darnell Nurse. What else has he got rolling? Uh, looks like a fluid situation outside of that. There you go. That comes after the Global News Hour at 6 o'clock. Tomorrow, Art Ross Trophy winner Leon Dreisaitl, Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey on Rogers, two-time, no, check that, three-time Stanley Cup champion Steve Smith, and we're going to have to work that one out, and Jack Michaels from the Oilers Radio Network. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Kerry McCarthy. Have a terrific Thursday, everybody. 6.30 uh, afternoons with Jalen Nye up next.